Road. Noun. Path upon which travel occurs. Every trip taken, drivers and riders alike, on that ribbon of highway. Every breath and every sound passing through that endless skyway. From singers on records and stages, to listeners just singing along. From Bonavista to Vancouver Island. Your life is a movie, your story, and it's your soundtrack, your playlist, your mixtape. It's lyrics that speak to you and speak for you. It's rhythms and grooves that make you want to dance. And it's chords and melodies that make you want to cry, smile, scream, laugh, or even maybe make you want to write your own songs. My name is Karak Hendricks, and this road is mine. Hey everyone, this is Karak Hendricks. Welcome to my podcast. I was going to call it This Road Is Mine, but I thought that would be very obvious and cheesy, although it may actually work. Uh, here I've got my boy Cohen Hendricks uh, across the table. Yes, hello. What's up, bud? Um, okay, so this is the inaugural episode. We're just you know working on some of the technical bugs. It is uh, work in progress. Episode yeah. 0.5. Yeah. J- uh, Jamie, can you check that and see if it says <laughs> 0.5? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as you'll probably know to uh, my fellow listeners here, we're going to have uh, a lot of references to other podcasts. I was going to do that uh, that riff. Actually, I could do that right now. Maybe I'll do that um, for my... Uh, um, this, uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah, uh, Mark Maron. Like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or uh, in Ben Shapiro's podcast, is just a, like a diminished seventh chord. It's like... Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, so we'll be we'll be looking for theme song. We'll be looking for um, a number of uh, little things that are going to be a lot of fun. I was also going to go uh, welcome, 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 but uh, you know because that's John Oliver. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then uh, another great podcast, um, Bob Lefsetz, He also stole the welcome, welcome, welcome. So we can't be using that. Um, yeah, so this is going to be fun. We're going to try and keep this weekly. Uh, and uh, as it is a work in progress, we're going to be, you know, updating certain things. Hopefully, going to get get the video component going here right away. In fact, I was spending a lot of time tweaking the video side, and then of course forgot that really the audio interface situation wasn't uh, so hot. So, uh, but we're uh, we're downstairs in the basement here in lovely Sherwood Park, Alberta, Canada. We are. Um, in the in the basement, we have a lot of vinyl, a lot of books, a lot of magazines, and of course, everything that you would want is on the internet. So, we're going to be using vinyl as a bit of a launch pad. Got to do a quick shout out to our friends at uh, Vinyl Me Please, uh, the amazing record club. Uh, I actually threw down my hard-earned Canadian dollars, which got converted to U.S. So I, of course, got kicked in the butt there, but. Um, you know, it's it's an amazing thing. It, I'm not one of those guys that uh, says, "Oh, vinyl. Oh, it just oh, it sounds so much better." I mean, it it does, it does. in a way. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Uh, although technically, like the the technology around um, with with digital is is amazing. But there there is a warmth to the to the vinyl. It's like good vinyl, anyway. There was some pretty crappy vinyl too. I'll never forget. I had a copy of. Uh, I think I got rid of it. But, uh, Tina Turner's live record called Tina Live came out in 88. Um, uh, it, the problem is it, it was like a 60 minute album, right? So there was like 30 minutes aside. So the, the more 
music you jam on one side, the, the less bass they can have. So it was just oh. a thin, crappy sounding vinyl. Plus they were trying to flip everyone over to CDs because the record labels were making okay. double dough. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah they, it was uh, it was a real real sham. We we really kicked ourselves in the behind there in the industry with that. But uh, I mean, I wasn't alive. I was in your. Oh, who knows where you yeah. are yeah yeah floating in the ether yeah yeah maybe you were reincarnated or something perhaps yeah. yeah have you ever thought about the reincarnation aspects of maybe kurt cobain blonde mm. hair blue eyes there you go yeah i'd like yeah. to think <laughs> well sure and yeah your your little cousin isla there she uh, she dressed up as kurt cobain for Halloween she... this year oh. yeah yeah she had little little uh chucks and hopefully she lives a different sweater. lifestyle hope so yeah <laughs> yeah exactly hopefully nowadays everyone can just uh talk through their issues and, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah oh well and gave us some great music anyway so that uh, so the inaugural episode uh, today we're gonna talk about um a gal that it's funny because i don't really i mean I, I like her and i've always respected her um but you know she's not necessarily like in my in my top but as far as country music goes, it's it's really hard to to understate the importance of Loretta Lynn to the uh, you know to just to the evolution of, of country music overall. Um, you're not a big fan of country, are you, Cohen? Or how, what do you? Yeah, or, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I don't have a very broad vocabulary of country albums. Well, you know, yeah, and Jason Isbell. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Which yeah, I have on. Vinyl. That's not country. Anyway. Come on, but, yeah. Gosh, well, we're talking like FGL. Well, I guess like <laughs> Sweetheart of the Rodeo. I, there you go. I well, remember what, well, like years ago, you told me that was the first, could be considered the first country album, and one of my favorite country well, songs. Country would rock be, album, yeah. Or, yeah, exactly, yeah, one of my favorite country songs would be uh, uh, "You're Still on My Mind." Oh yeah, yeah that's, that's sure, a, of course, yeah. yeah that's that. a good one. <laughs> yeah, that is on there, yeah. So. Yeah, Graham Parsons was uh, the forefather. I don't know what do you call him, the the godfather of country rock or whatever. So I just finished, finished, finally finished reading the book, uh, a biography on. Graham Parsons called uh, 20,000 Roads, which is a quote from his song, Grievous Angel. But uh, yeah, so he was a, one of the people that really brought country music into the a place where it wasn't so, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Like it, it can tend to be a little bit cornpone, like kind of hokey. Um, you know, it, of course, originally it was called Hillbilly Music um, and then through once rock and roll came along it just about wiped country music right off the off the face of the earth but then um our one of our lord and saviors uh, chet atkins basically reinvented country music to and and uh you know uh harold Bradley as well but like to um help rein to basically to popify country which is still continuing to this day it's it's funny people oh it's not country but uh this this debate has been happening for decades now acoustic guitars and well, yeah, twangy Telecasters <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But but what uh, what Chet did is he actually took away some of that twanginess, and and uh, so people like Jim Reeves and Patsy Cline were were uh, very important in saving country music because so they were able to keep the some of the lyrical content, you know, but uh, and and some of the styles, but then they would put like um, like a string section on or whatever, and. Um, so, and the reason I mentioned Patsy Cline in particular is, uh, so she was a, a huge influence on the Red Line. So, uh, Patsy Cline uh, died tragically quite young. Uh, Jamie, if you can pull up that. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. We need a Jamie. Sorry. I, I, Maybe I guess. Alexa. Yeah, Alexa. <laughs> we have to pull up the, pull up the, the dad on, uh, on Patsy Cline. 
there's a movie called Sweet Dreams if you ever want to check that out. But but, uh, but anyway, Laura Lynn, yeah, the reason I brought this up is because I, I, I was able to get a really good deal on this. So um, this album that I've got here is called Coal Miner's Daughter. Um, she has piles of records, probably probably 40 albums. Um, this, this one was a, a ways into her career. Um, it is... It's more about the title than anything. Of course, the song is is one of her. It's her autobiographical song. She is a was a great songwriter. Um, part part of the the allure of her songs is that she was always willing to to write about things that were not. They were a little rougher on the edges, so she didn't she didn't sugarcoat a lot of things. Um, one song in particular, one title is called You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man. It's a pretty long title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, I mean, even if you read through just the titles of, of her singles, uh, I just pulled up the wiki. So this all has to be correct because it's wiki, right? So, of course. Uh, I mean, start her first single coming out in, in 1960. I'm a honky-tonk girl, okay? Heartaches meet Mr. Blues, all right? Uh, she definitely, you know, she was rolling around doing her thing. Her her husband, the, in the movie, the, we'll get to that in a sec, uh, the, the biography movie that uh, came out in 1980, they talk about how, uh, you know, they, they show how, like, her husband was, uh, his name was Dewey. And, oh, and, yeah. And he would basically drive her from radio station to radio station, well, and, and they would you know, just drop off these records and try and get them to play her. When was that? Uh, that was in the early 60s, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, they were, they would just, you know, it was just a just guerrilla warfare, just trying to get their there's stuff in there but uh one of her uh the singles that i know of best is a song called blue kentucky girl uh there's an album the same name 1965 um the reason i know that of course is like a lot of my country music history it comes through the grand parsons connection Amy Lou harris did a version of it and actually named her album blue kentucky girl as well and the i think it was 79 or 80 as well uh, but yeah, th- this one here, yeah, you ain't woman enough to take my man. Like that's when she really started leaning in. Uh, but her her next single, which I just love this title, "Don't Come Home a Drinking with Lovin' on Your Mind." Yeah, yeah, that's probably to, a good idea. Well, yeah, not <laughs> relevant yeah. advice. Well, for sure, and uh, yeah, because you know he's gonna get slapped around if he's you know, being a jerk. Presumably, yeah. I like uh, and I like her Christmas single here, uh, "To Heck with Old Santa Claus." Yeah. So realize I haven't heard a lot of these songs, but uh, I've definitely heard some of them. Um, this is another one of the greats, Fist right? City. Fist City. So basically, yeah, you know, if you're basically she's gonna you know kick the crap well, out of. Uh, she seems very aggressive. Like I don't know what her yeah home life was like. Well, probably, she's a coal miner's daughter. So exactly, that probably has something to do with getting that. to that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it, actually, this is all pretty good here. So under the wiki, we've got. Uh, Lynn wrote Fist City in response to a woman who began pursuing her husband, Dewey, well, Dewey right? Um, while Lynn was frequently touring in Tennessee. So, uh, yeah, she, she's a tough tough gal. Uh, I think they had a lot of kids in the whole bit. So, pretty amazing. But, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check this one out. You just stepped no, in. No. Oh. Your squaw is on the warpath. So that's a, a squaw is like kind of a definitely not a great term nowadays, but it's it's an, implies a, a a First Nations woman. Oh, okay. And okay. and warpath was a like would imply like the the cowboys versus Indians. So, oh, yeah. okay. Uh, your squaw is on the warpath. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so a song that wouldn't have been 
wouldn't get made today. Probably that's, not that's for no. sure. No, it's, it's a, too triggery. But uh, but yeah, we're coming up here on so 1970 Coal Miners Daughter. This, the, the single was actually released at the end of 1970, and then the album came out. Uh, I, I guess it'd be around this time of year. That's I guess that's why I picked it. So it's sounds 50 years old now, and uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's really cool, and of course our friends of Vinyl Me Please have done just a fantastic job of of this reissue. Um, yeah, I can't wait to get the visuals on this. So, um, but you can just use your imagination. ASMR. Mm -hmm. just, just listen. Yeah, just listen quietly. Mm, look at this record. Careful. The artwork on the night on the yeah. back is very nice. Yeah, I'm not, I, I, there should be a story around that. Uh, um, all of the the. The main oh, titles are on Vinyl Please. Yeah, it's, this it's wasn't sure. part of that's, the album. That's cool. Yeah, this was an actual painting by uh, someone named John Vogel from uh, Denver, Colorado. And uh, Vinyl Me Please has a really cool way of connecting with their the people that subscribe to their stuff. They invite you to create artwork to go with certain albums or just to submit some artwork that's inspired by music. And, Another interesting thing, too, is... Oh, it, yeah, here it is. Um, this is uh, what we call an, an Obi strip. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, when you got your about. first... Uh, I think when you got the John Mayer. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, Obi strips were used initially for uh, import records. So if the okay. language... This would be all in, like, let's say Japanese or whatever. Right. Um, but in on their Obi strips... Uh, so it tells you a little bit about the album there. And then on the inside, there's a drink that goes along with the record. Oh, so, okay. You know, we talk about uh, grabbing a cigar. And, right. And well, I mean, I suppose that could be a, a, with the visuals, like making the... Uh, you the could drink. make a whole thing out of it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I really haven't checked their uh, um, the, the channel for Vinyl Week Plays lately. I think they have... They do some unboxing videos a little bit, but I don't think they get too far into the into the muck. I think they like, let us nerds do that for them. But, so this is Loretta Lynn and Daughter's Margarita. So that gives you the recipe on how to create this specific margarita. So if only I drink more. I would yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, uh, yeah, the reissue of Loretta Lynn's uh, album, Coal Miner's Daughter. And if we crack this open here. She's alive still. She is still alive, and actually, when your when your mom and I went to Nashville in two thousand nine for a little vacation, on our way to Memphis, uh, we stopped at Loretta Lynn's ranch. She has a it's wow. it's right between Nashville and Memphis, and there's a she had a beautiful spot where her old place is, and then they basically turned it into a tourist attraction. So you just paid a small fee, and you could walk around and look at this cool acreage that that she and Dewey had, had built. And do you um, have pictures of it? Yeah, I think there's a yeah. I think we took pictures. They'd be all in, in our Google Photos by now, I suppose. That's cool. Yeah, it's a really it was a really really cool experience because uh, you know she doesn't live right at that site anymore, but not too far from there, there's actually like a newer house oh, that yeah. you could kind of drive. We actually drove around and kind of took a look. I don't think we were supposed to, but right. you know, we didn't go off in the door and say hi. But but Loretta's <laughs> like that's the one thing you'll find about country music is that the, the fans are and and the artists are they're. <laughs> definitely some boundary issues going on like they don't yeah. uh, but it, that's part of the charm um, that, that's what really keeps country music so engaging and keeps the fans right. is, uh, they, they always have a thing they still have it. it it used to well it's called Fan Fest I think they might have had a different name before I'm drawing a blank on that but you'd actually go you know stand in line and get a handshake and, that's and cool. apparently Loretta like 
up until when we were visiting would stop by that that oh, site yeah. and you know and that's sweet bring food over yeah like she's a real person and all these all these stars are it's weird <laughs> yeah absolutely so this is uh in uh, blue vinyl this that's is nice. really, really nice you know there was a time colored vinyl used to not be as good a quality uh it may still be that way i'm not sure but i think they've got that dialed in now pretty good uh, but it used to be more more of a novelty, like you'd get the colored vinyl just so you could uh, say you had it, right? Or yeah. there was also uh, picture discs too. There would be like an image oh, inside, yeah. and now they're they're actually doing etchings all right on the vinyl, nice. which I don't own any of them yet. But um, I know, for instance, like Letter to You, the new Springsteen record, it's a, yeah. it's technically a double vinyl, but it's only on three sides. So the fourth side actually has like an etching oh. like a picture on it. So what? What happens if you put the needle on it? Does it just, it, just, just spin it? it wouldn't even spin. <laughs> I think it would just yeah, really sound pretty pretty awful. <laughs> it's but, a Springsteen record, so I'm sure it couldn't. Well, no, that's true. Yeah, even hit even the etching side yeah. would probably sound pretty good. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, there are ones are very. Uh, you can see, as you can see by some of these these titles. I mean, even yeah, even if you keep going down, you're looking at country. That was another big one of hers. Uh, ones on the way. That's about like having lots of kids. You know, just have one and ones on the way. Right. Rated X. Yeah, that's a ooh yeah kind of. <laughs> Shadrick the Black Ranger. Okay. I've never heard that one. Uh, I'm sure there's a story going on. The Pill. So this is you know nineteen. 75 she was saying about yes yeah yeah so you know they these these are women that still were very traditional in a lot of ways but they they were also part of the the feminist movement well that was 75 yeah yeah so it was well underway by then but you know she does seem like she's got some politically motivated tracks well like yeah well red white and blue the pill there was something about uncle sam but i assume it's you know, it probably <laughs> lo- yeah, Uncle Sam. Lo- loving Uncle Sam, I presume, yeah. unless it was about uh, well, maybe she had an Uncle Sam. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. we'd have to like start listening to it. But uh, yeah, the pill, like in particular, if you think about so now in today's context with with politics, you'd think that that would be more of a left leaning thing. Yeah. But you know, then she's also talking about you know family values and. And just you know, standing by your man. She, of course, that was kind of right now. But like, like be, she stuck with with Dewey as far as I know, right through. I guess the, the wiki machine could could fill us in on that. But oh, yeah. um, the movie is the is the coolest way to get get the full story. Uh, it was originally based on her book. She did an autobiography or a biography that she uh, worked in. I think it was it came out in seventy six, right? And then the movie came out in nineteen eighty. Oh, speaking of seventy six, that'd be another good podcast episode just the year alone yeah best year of music well possibly yeah i have a hard time disagreeing with that although i always say 77 i think 76 probably is the better year yeah i think i'd have to give you that one yeah but i do have it on dvd here i've got the 25th anniversary edition on dvd and sissy spacek played uh loretta lynn and uh, tommy lee jones played dewey and then uh, this is one of the first acting roles of uh another lord and savior lee von helm uh from the band Oh really? Yeah, he ended up acting quite a bit. He's also That's in a movie cool. called The Right Stuff, and I didn't know that. yeah, yeah, really cool. Well, you know, Robbie Robson ripped him off. He had to make money somehow, right? So, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. pretend to understand that. Yeah, well, there's yeah. That's a whole story we can get into when we when we get in more of the the band. But basically, yeah. the band was you know Five Guys, and and Robbie Robertson was the main songwriter. But uh, 
uh, at least that's what the credits say. But oh, a lot of people oh. question that, you know, did he really right. write all of those songs? Uh, basically, he was just the one that didn't do drugs and drink. Okay. They were all, the rest of them are all strung out. So then he was able to just kind of keep a lid on things. So. Well, it has its value. <laughs> well, it does, yeah. And clearly he's the one reaping the financial rewards. But uh, when Levon's book came out, This Wheel's on Fire, he really slammed Robbie oh, right yeah. because of the... You know, those, we wrote those songs too. And I'm yeah. sure they did contribute a lot. I probably more than the, the credit the credits say, but songwriting formally is more than just you know arrangements and things. There's anyway, yeah. But uh, so the Levon's in that movie as well. It's a, it's a really good movie, and it, it actually launched a bit of a singing career. For, uh, Sissy Space that came out with a solo album in 1983 called "Hanging Up My Heart," produced by one of my heroes, Rodney Crowell. Um, not a great record. Sissy wasn't a great singer in my opinion, but. Uh, just definitely an, an interesting little, little country rock curio of the 80s. Uh, but the movie's great, yeah. It, it, and uh, th this movie uh, had a big impact on Jack White. Jack White you know, really? is a huge fan of Loretta Lynn, and so much so that he produced her 2004 record, uh, crap, what's it called? See, I'm actually, yeah. <laughs> I am running off the top of my head. I'm not with the computer in front of me. Uh, Van Lee Rose, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Portland, Oregon was a was a duet song. Oh, that's the, cool. Yeah, yeah, and there's the cover of it. Uh, yeah, see, yeah. he's actually on the that's cool. on the set. Cool. I think that might be actually at her old place. Um, it, it was a good record. Yeah, it was, you know, it was kind of a little rough around the edges. Definitely white stripes but uh, with Loretta singing. And she and she can keep up. You know, she comes from a long line of of female singers that can really like sing well um, live right up until the end. Now she is, if I recall, about 88 years old. Oh, wow. So yeah, she's, you know, we're still lucky she's alive. Uh, she's recorded a few things since then, but th th this was definitely her sort of final stamp on, on creativity. Uh, but Jack White uh, has talked about in interviews going to see Coal Miner's Daughter when he was a kid uh, in really? the theater and then just getting like just in awe of, That's cool. of her and, and ended up covering some of her material or mm -hmm. one of her songs on a b-side or something and oh, yeah. yeah there was so even there's there's a long history of of that type of country music being revived through the channels of you know through through other genres i guess because jack white like the white stripes in particular are very retro minded but there are some almost operatic elements to like lazaretto Definitely. I remember when that came out. Definitely, yeah. I can. I'm young enough yeah. to say that. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, that was good. Before you could stream it, you had to actually buy the download. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think I did actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I bought the song at least. But yeah. Yeah. No, oh, I, that I was could, a groovy tune. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I could kind of see that. I guess. Yeah. Some of the acoustic melodies. Exactly. Especially yeah, when he when he plays acoustic and does some of his yeah. more acoustic bass songs, you can really hear the the folk country side. Beautiful stuff too. Yeah, I, I really great. like his voice. Yeah, Jack's cool. Yeah, he's an interesting singer. Yeah, great guitar player. Um, yeah, and just a really good music historian. I mean, he, he actually has some sort of a music club too. It's called. Oh, really? Well, Third Man Records is his record label. He lives in Nashville. Has for a long time, and. Uh, he owns like a lot of the really old equipment that uh, like you can record on like that they would have recorded back in the early uh, 1900s right like so he's got a i watched a like a rerun down with him and he's he's using a b bender yeah but he also had a g bender oh, so it, so it was basically just a b bender obviously and then a 
like a little whammy bar on the g-string yeah that's that's the push <laughs> and i think you had a, like an e-bender too like Probably. it was just super weird yeah yeah really cool yeah he's a very creative guy yeah, yeah. and i the visual component to the white stripes always mm. fascinated me too like they would keep that red and white theme yeah yeah and then when he went solo the blue and white became yeah more yeah of the that's, that's true uh, was it blunderbuss yeah and, yeah blunderbuss and, and Lazaretto. Lazaretto yeah that was all kind of blue and black and white and then that one tour he had, uh, he took two bands on the road. He, one oh, yeah. all-female band and one all-male band. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, because, of course, they were all amazing musicians. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, I don't know, you can kind of read into that a little bit. It seems a little bit token, but, it, they, I mean, they were all amazing musicians. Well, I had to read into um, the timeline of their, like, he and Meg's divorce. Yeah. With his like, sister, yeah. Yeah, well, it's like very odd timing too. Yeah. I, I still don't even remember how that oh, went no. down, but yeah, yeah, very odd. Yeah, it was early on. I think they were, yeah, they were romantically linked, and then I think they just stayed working together. Well, yeah, they were married, if I recall, and they didn't say. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure by before the white stripes were over, they were already divorced. I think and so, they didn't yeah. tell anyone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I saw a, an interview. I think it was with Nardwar, actually. Oh, no, and and, yeah. and uh, I love Nardwar. Yeah. And uh, he asked them, and they said they were siblings, if I recall. Yeah. And I think well, it was in Nardwar. But I think they... It was really old. They would perpetuate that, too, which is yeah. great, right? There was, a, uh, in a, on a similar note to the band Heart, which we were mm -hmm. just listening to before we started recording... Yeah. Um, you know, sisters, Anna and Nancy. Um, but th when they first came out, there was even this rumor that they were not only sisters, but they were romantically linked, like oh. incestual. And, mm. and, uh, mm. and they, that really ticked the girls off from what I read. But, uh, well, the, of course, the record label just kept going yeah, because yeah. it was promotion, right? It was... Well, with Jack and Meg, I mean, they could have at least gone with step-siblings. That's, yeah. that's a little more yeah. acceptable. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, certainly nowadays, apparently, on some of these websites, hey -oh. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's I've a subcategory for everything. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's what Howard Stern says anyway when he's yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> so like all legacy artists, Cohen, there's a really good album. Uh, like tribute records are often a, a place where it's definitely where I've been introduced to some of these acts, and then I've had to go back and, and check out their original stuff. Uh, so 2010, there's an album called Coal Miner's Daughter, a tribute to Loretta Lynn, and it featured okay. uh, a whole whack of really good artists, uh, oh, mostly yeah. female, but uh, some some males as well. Alan Jackson. Yeah, oh, wait, Alan Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, Paramore did. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, really cool. I hey? love Paramore. Yeah, yeah I really, he's amazing. Um, uh, what That's was Kid Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> nice. he, he could just not do that. that yeah. would, I, I liked Kid Rock when he would just rap, and now he thinks yeah. he can sing. It's so annoying. Uh, the White Stripes did Rated X, okay. Uh, Carry on Road, and you're looking at country. Yeah, that's most of these are exactly what you'd think they would sound like. Uh, Steve Rowe and Alison Moore, that's uh, they were married then. So okay. After the Fire's Gone was a duet song that he did that she did with uh, Conway Twitty. So nice. <laughs> yeah, the Time Jumpers uh, featuring or Green McIntyre featuring the Time Jumpers. Uh, the Time Jumpers is Vince Gill's Western Swing band. Okay. Well, there's a number of amazing artists in the band, but. Yeah, you can go see them like every Monday night in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Play if you want. Uh, Lucinda Williams, yeah, that's amazing. And then they have this uh, Loretta Lynn, Cheryl Crow, and Miranda Lambertune, the coal miner's daughter. I think so. I have to check out that pair more. Yeah, I'm not sure. This is one of those albums that at some point was not available on streaming, or only some of the songs were. But, uh, you know, like a good bootlegger, I had a copy on my hard drive. But it may have all, it may all be available now. But, yeah, of course, YouTube, you can... Yeah. Uh, hear pretty much anything nowadays anyway 
Um, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, I, I really dig Paramore. Ain't It Fun is, yeah. uh, is one of my favorite song. songs. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got uh, the four playlists there on my on my Spotify. Like they're all available, all public playlists where I put uh, the different types of uh, like sort of like guilty pleasures and like songs mm-hmm. that influence me and, and stuff that I'm yeah. doing right now. And then there's a collaborative one too, so the listeners can jump in there and, and check that out as well. Is Paramore guilty pleasure. Yeah, I, no I, I put Ain't It Fun as a guilty oh, pleasure. Yeah. killer band. Well, they actually are, yeah, which is weird. <laughs> she's um, amazing. But Haley Williams. Yeah, great great performer, and uh, and she's got a solo album on now, too. I haven't oh, actually yeah. listened. But, uh, the guitar player is really... the ba- Oh, yeah, they're just all around. Yeah, no, it's an actually a good band. Yeah, yeah. they're one of, the, one of the last, like... Although I, I, I think they might play the tracks live, but, uh, you know, everyone is nowadays, yeah. so I've kind of had to let that go, but... But yeah, so that's uh, that's Coal Miner's Daughter. So um, what I did is, so for for the Spotify listeners, we're going to drop in the songs here on the, on the actual episode. We can yeah play that. And I was even going to add a few more uh, from Sissy SpaceX album. And then of course Sissy did her own versions of the songs for the movie as well. So she actually did the singing. It was a, it was a really good way, a really good story. You know, it's. Uh, it was a, it's always been hard for for the female singers to to cut through and you know she was fighting the good fight back in the in the late 50s early 60s and it's it's still happening today i mean it's it's not that uh, i don't think it's you know that men want to keep them down but you know there is it's just it's hard it's well it's hard for everyone it is hard for yeah, everyone definitely. yeah for sure yeah absolutely um but they they've had a there's always been a a bit of a creep element to to the, the women mm-hmm. you know they can, yeah casting couch stuff and you know it's 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 really it sucks but uh, but you know she was a yeah, and of course on top of it her her husband was a bit of a <laughs> you know yeah well you just I mean, those looking at the track titles it sounds like he was a maybe not the most loyal <laughs> yeah. partner yeah or yeah either <laughs> either he wasn't loyal or he uh was just a very little, attractive. Oh yeah, it's just so attractive. Well, I mean, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones played him. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you have to yeah. take your word for it. Yeah, well, we could search that up and and, and show yeah. our viewers, but. Um. Oh yeah, I was also going to say that when you mentioned uh, Conway Twitty, uh, yeah. I always think of that image. Yeah. Kanye uh, Twitty. Yes, yeah, I know. That's why it's, I chuckled. Yeah, it's so loud, good. Yeah, and obnoxious. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah, and it's also funny too because his last name Twitty rhymes with something else. It's also quite. Um, humor inducing twitty yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. that took me a little longer than 10 twitties yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so Conway twitty yeah we could we could go down that road a little bit too but i i, I wouldn't eh, i don't know which one well we will be going down the kanye rabbit hole here pretty soon you're going to take us through that in, in a future episode for sure um conway twitty i yeah i don't know i think you could we could do better than that we, we've touched <laughs> on this somewhat he, they did a lot of duets in the 70s Laura and, and kanye <laughs> yeah, I wish. Kanye, Conway, yeah, Conway. Jeez, that might have to be a, a mashup. Now. Oh boy, yeah. Well, there, yeah. I'd be surprised if there wasn't one already. But um, he was actually originally like a kind of an early rock and roll singer, and then ended up finding kind of new life as a as a country crooner. Um, had a great lot. Of, I found this stuff pretty hokey, but um, you know, definitely good singer and you know, good interpreter for for sure. But uh, yeah, Loretta Lynn. That's the um, uh, one of the one of my treats to myself through the Vinyl Me Please Record Club. 
I'm glad I got this. And uh, we're going to be spinning this, probably making one of these drinks. It says this was her 15th LP. I mean, Jeez. God, by, already by 1971 she had that many records out. It's, when was she born? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I have that in a spreadsheet or, or on the wiki. Um, oh, there. Um, here, let's just go to the wiki machine yeah. and pull that up. Well, she was born in 1932. April 14th. Yeah. Oh, that's two yeah. days after your birthday. Yeah, that's exactly. Several years later, but... <laughs> yes, yeah, earlier, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Butcher Hollow, that's where she's from. She sings about that in the song Coal Miner's Daughter, so... Okay. Yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to learn a lot. Um, yeah, okay, well, I think that's probably enough. Uh, and get the, get the bugs worked out of this thing. And I'm going to listen back to this, and I'm going to think, oh, I shouldn't do this, and I shouldn't do that. Trying to watch my ums and ahs. Mm, it's a that's, very... that's that's really a that's actually why that music reviewer Anthony Fantano, in his Nardware interview, he mentioned Nardware pointed out one of the reasons why he's so popular is because he's such a good speaker, and he noted that he's worked very hard to not say um ah, uh, yeah, like just yeah. Well, that is <laughs> an, it's an art, and it's also something that if you have. A pretty good idea of what you want to say like I'm not sure if this dude's like running a script or a... I don't know actually probably a little but it, it seems like because he obviously loves music for can't, sure. can't deny yeah. that so I'm sure a lot of it is it, well at least know. some point for him as to where to go and really yeah. that's what I should have done here where I'm staring right now at uh, two blank, blank yeah, <laughs> notepads yeah. uh, but at, yeah, at a, at a certain point, I can see that that would be the way to do it. Even yeah, totally. even Joe Rogan and, and those guys have some notes, I think. And of course, and then they have a Jamie too. So yeah, we could use a Jamie. I don't know. And cannabis. Well, sure there's that doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Both they go for a long, yeah, like three hours. Some of those episodes now. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And meanwhile, this one, I don't know what we're at. Here, let me see. I don't know. Open up the... Oh, we're over oh, half an hour. hour. I, yeah, I, don't, I love talking about music. Yeah, Even if too. I don't know, I yeah. like listening. Well, we'll try and do it weekly, and then we'll... Uh, yeah, you can teach me some things, and then... Sure. Yeah, I was just uh, planning on which record I was going to show of mine, and then I was just counting the time signatures. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. Very strange music, but... Yeah, no, that's that's an awesome... Yeah, what are what record are you going to bring to the table next? Where you well... Going to? I was going to start with Good Kid, Mad City by mm -hmm. Kendrick Lamar. I could do that. Um, or Remedy Lane by Pain of Salvation. For sure. Well, what I've been doing, and just for our listeners out there, I'm, I'm trying to keep this around anniversary dates, uh, anniversaries of birth, so birthdays, yeah. or anniversaries of death, or anniversaries of when certain albums came out. So maybe you do a little bit of research to yeah. figure out which one will fit most appropriately for next yeah. week's show, and if there's a birthday or a... Well, release date or something and, and I think an album like Kid Mad City always is constantly staying politically relevant mm -hmm. and more and more as time progresses yep um, Remedy Lane is more of a personal well as with all of their 11 albums they're all concept albums so yeah it's very I think it's very relatable to a lot of people oh for sure so and definitely one that not a lot of people have heard mm -hmm. I'm sure. absolutely Yep. Yeah, it's important to share that. Do you have Passing Light of Day on vinyl? I can't remember. Oh, we got it for my friend. Right. Saying yes, that because nobody right. will know his name. That's right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he might be listening. Yeah. Well, like if, yeah, if you are, yeah, yeah. you put me onto that. No, that's right. Yeah. Is, well, that's yeah. that's another thing that I'm going to be doing on these podcast episodes as well, is that there's always a... Uh, with with my brain, I, I always associate people with songs or, yeah. or albums or... Um, where I was, I, it's always related back yeah, to yeah, sound. Yeah, I like the sound. Yeah, that's cool. Too. Yeah, I don't have a 
a lot of connection with Loretta Lynn in particular, other than obviously seeing the movie uh, a couple times over the years and and then just, just knowing who she was. And, and then her, through the late 80s and into the 90s, she was obviously a, a big influence on a lot of the female singers that came after her. Mm. So they would, you know, maybe do duets with her right. or whatever. But, I, but with Sissy Spacek, I always think of my uh, my Auntie Doris and Uncle Grant because oh, they, yeah. they had the record and, and that was the first time I had heard it. So Yeah, that, I, I could see yeah. them listening to that. Well, it was that area. They were definitely... Uh, well, Grant had been playing a long time, and then he met Doris, and around there, and um, they would—they uh, probably even learned some songs and did them live off that album. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, the Sissy Spacek record is not great. I'll uh, add a few songs onto the playlist here, but it's—it's uh, it's just an interesting thing because she is one of the most, like, she's one of the best actresses in history, and mm-hmm. um, but you know, she also has a bit of a, a singing career too, or like to sing as well. So it's 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 great that she. Like a, an old Drake. <laughs> yes, that's right, in the wheelchair, yes. Yeah, yeah we uh, we did see a clip of that last night. I had a good chuckle, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, all the props to him, though. That's, well, yeah, he did. incredible. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and you got to remember, too, like it, for, because he's in Toronto, uh, Toronto, as we'll call it. Quickly, yes, yeah, and, the, the six. Yeah, he's the, the six god. He, yeah, from the six, as it were. OVO. Um, yeah, yeah. She, um, but you know the the entertainment industry is definitely more focused in Toronto or or in Vancouver and, and getting to be a little bit more in Calgary. But uh, so for someone like that that was just wanting to get into the entertainment industry, I presume that ta- acting must have been something that he was interested in too. I don't know actually know well, about Drake. He actually, uh, I was just listening to him last night. Uh, one of his songs, track sixteen, if I recall, on "Take Care," nice. is um, "Look What You've Done." It's about his grandma and his uncle and how they influenced his like beautiful song it yeah. samples a piano piece of this like random youtube it's gorgeous but yeah he talks about um what does he talk well, about just they, well they probably got him into oh sorry yeah that, that, that's i was just thinking of the lyrics he talks about how he actually went from acting first to yeah. music after yeah he said the lyric is like um told you either way i want to be a star like i can go so far yeah because yeah Awesome. He's, yeah. Yeah. Well, clearly a talented guy and, and very... Uh, Most streamed artist of all time, so... Yeah. Must be doing something, right? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the uh, the demographic of people that, that have historically been using streaming is, is the, the people that are more into that type of music, too. So, yeah. But it's changing. Uh, now we're getting to see streaming numbers catch up a little bit through classic rock. and Yeah, and, and definitely. New Country is definitely in there, too, because it's just another form of pop music. Yeah. So... It always has been, so yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, there's uh, the streaming world. So yeah, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, thanks, bud. Uh, this is a good, good time. That was cool. Sure. You got anything to promote? <laughs> um, do I? Probably not. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, I would also like to acknowledge though we, we should put a counter every time we say yeah, because mm-hmm. I notice something we do say frequently is yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll listen yeah, back. See. To it. Just, again, we'll we'll listen back to it and, uh, yeah. and make some critiques. Maybe but. a counter, take a shot every time. Yeah, oh boy, or don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't of water. That. Yeah, or that's hand, right. Or a squirt of hand sanitizer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Promote safety and health. The, the bleach. Yeah, maybe yeah. um, take exactly. a shot of bleach. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we'll get Jamie to put that in the show notes. Sure. And, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah, um, yeah. This is Kara Kendrick signing off. Uh, was, Talk to you next week. Uh, spin that Loretta Lynn stuff. Get in it. Get on it. She was a she's a treasure. She's still alive. So let's 
let's enjoy the fact that she is still alive because uh, Lord knows how long that's going to be. I don't know what her health set situation is lately. And, uh, I know that uh, June Carter and Johnny Cash's son, uh, John Carter Cash, uh, was working with her on a new album. It, I think it came out a couple of years ago, actually, but uh, I didn't even bother checking it out. I'm sure it's fine, but uh, there's a there's a long history of since the 90s so rick rubin is the one that rejuvenated johnny cash's career oh yeah and uh, <laughs> so now everyone would they kind of go back to the well when they want to look for some sort of a, a re a rediscovery of some of these legacy acts porter wagner did that marty stewart produced that one uh, actually the 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 loretta lynn album with that jack white produced is kind of in that vein too it's like let's get back to what you're, you're known for and what you're best at instead of seeing these older artists try to keep up with current trends yeah, like green day could maybe use yeah that. <laughs> they could really use that yeah yeah oh well, this seems to work a little more on the uh the folk uh country americana side of things uh when it comes to the rock act uh, but butch walker produced anyway yeah butch is actually one of the few guys that if if anyone could like do that sort of get you back connected bob rock as well um if uh, did you ever see some kind of monster that's the no the, the metallica movie no i haven't it's uh it, <laughs> i don't think i'll ever watch it again but at the time so they were recording that album saint anger where they were oh that's the, yeah. the meme is the the snare sounds like a trash can like. yeah and yeah, <laughs> yeah and the tom sound like rubber maids yeah right. it was it was horrible but that was an attempt for Metallica to get back to who they were. They had just right. got rid of Jason Newstead and they got the, the new bass player, Robert Trujillo. Uh, but they actually had a therapist like on staff and it's all really? in the movie. Yeah. That's like, cool. Like James and Lars, like just bawling, trying oh, to get through. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was laughable in a way because, you know, yeah, poor little rock star. But on the other hand, they are humans too, right? right? And they have this legacy. And But that album was supposed to be, okay, let's get back to like. Um, you know what we used to sound like and right. so that's why it is a little bit thrashy even in the sound it was intentional for sure the next album was um, oh crap what was the next album I'm After not Saint familiar Anger. enough with the uh, Metallica yeah <laughs> well yeah you know the next one was I think if I recall probably a Rick Rubin production it was, okay. it was just another okay let's get back to it again yeah. it was okay but yeah I yeah. kind of have a love-hate relationship with, with Metallica anyway so yeah they're like the, the uh, as my friend who hopefully is listening to this, uh, says that Metallica is the nickelback of metal. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, completely. Yeah, that's yep. a great, great analogy for sure. Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Florida Georgia Line is, is yeah, totally. the country. Yeah, uh, and I, I, and I love them all. Yeah, yeah in, in some ways. But I do know better. That's what I'm so. That might be a guilty pleasure. Well, exactly. And that's why my, my, my playlist array... There through if you uh, I'll I'll put this uh, at karakendricks.com forward slash show notes we'll we'll get a little stream going there with with some links to vinyl me please for uh, so you can maybe get your own copy of Colmeyer's daughter on colored vinyl and I'll also put links to the uh, Spotify playlists and uh, yeah anything else that we talked about too yeah so sweet we fun all right well okay well we'll uh, talk to y'all next week yes peace. <laughs>